Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Jim Cobray. We're all in agreement and we say, are we going to have fun today or not? You know, and it's good for you to respond. It keeps you awake and all that kind of stuff. So there's either two choices. You either respond or, or the old man runs down these stairs and slaps you in the face. Because uh, we're going to get the Word of God on the inside. And sometimes if you fall asleep, you're not getting anything. But you need the things of God. So I'm going to give you a title of today's message that God gave me to give to you. Is that all right? And Pastor Dan's been talking about a wonderful subject called the, you know, the story of us. And I love that. It's out of Acts and all the scriptures of Acts and the things that are going on in Acts. Because it's, a, it's really the story of the church. And you're part of the church. You're the extension of the book of Acts, even to this day. So it's a story of us, how we began, what it's all about, what life is all about in those days, and how it's to be today. We look at what took place in the past. So we're learning things. And today we're going to go into Acts, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 4. But before we get there, I'm going to give you a title. Because I want to zero in on two words today. There's a lot of words we're going to talk about. But two words for you to concentrate and understand about. And uh, I'll share those two words from you in a moment. But let's just take a look at the title. It's called The Value of a Healthy Church. A lot of times we don't realize what's taking place when we give a title to a, a message. There are two words actually I'd like to talk to you about, about the title. The word healthy is very important. A lot of churches aren't, aren't too healthy. I'm not here to be their judge. I'm not here to be their critics or anything such as that. They just do church in a different way. Sometimes, you know, people can get stuck in a rut and they can just not do church the way it ought to be done just to do church to kind of get it over with. And it's not a healthy church. And we want to be a healthy church. Anytime that you go to church, you want to go to a church that is a healthy church. There are all kinds of churches out there. Why not select a healthy church? Second thing I want to point out is the word value. A lot of times people don't put a value on church. And the reason they don't, because they don't understand the purpose of church. They don't understand why church or how it happens or what's supposed to take place or how the empowering or how the Holy Spirit works through the church, what the plan of God is, what the will or desire of God is. So they just simply do not understand. So therefore, when they don't understand, listen to me right now, they don't place a value on it. It's just something to do. Some people come because their parents told them, hey, you know, good people go to church. Sometimes people come to church because they've been dragged to church. You know, their kids say you're going to, parents say you're going to church. Yeah, I, I remember one parent saying, boy, you eat my food and have my air conditioning and enjoy my electricity, you're going to go to church with us. And the child goes to church just because they're dragged to church. And that shouldn't be the reason why we go to church. And some people go to church because they've been invited to church but don't know why they're there at all. In fact, even the people that bring them, most of the people don't in American churches understand why they go to church. There's no value in it. When you place a value on something, let me say this again. When you place a value on something, you protect it. You want it. You guard it. You, you, you make sure that it's a, a very, uh, in a specific place and operating properly. You take care of it. You have a brand new car. You polish it. You take care of it. You don't let it get dirt all over it and let it sit that way because you placed value on it. And the problem with American churches is very few people that ever place value on the service that the church is and what it's supposed to be like. 
So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you these verses. Then I'm going to come back and explain some of the verses to you. Is that okay? So that you can understand what's taking place. Before I ever do this, I want to share this with you. Listen to me. You've heard me say this if you've been around the rock at all. You've heard me say it a million times. I'm going to say it a million more times because it's vitally important for every one of you. The Word of God, the Bible, describes itself. It describes itself as the hidden mysteries of God. Hidden mysteries of God. It's hidden because it's hard to find. And mysteries because it's hard to figure out. Have you ever picked up your Bible, started reading and say, oh my goodness, what, you know, who, that doesn't make much sense to me at all. Because it's hard to figure out. And what we don't understand is when you find them and you apply them in your life, you figure them out, you find them, and you apply them in your life, the Word of God, you become a blessed person in every area of your life. You literally start to live a life that's prosperous. And when I'm talking about prosperity, I'm not just talking about money in your pocket. That's part of it, but it, it's not a big deal after a while. You have so many things. I'm talking about family relationships. I'm talking about marriages that get better all the time. I'm talking about children that serve the Lord. You know, I'm talking about people that are living witnesses and testimonies for Christ as they get older in life. I mean, life just has a purpose, has a meaning, has an excitement, has a direction, has a goal. Whoa, man, life explodes with, with great things ahead of you, all because you You've took the hidden mysteries of God and you found them, figured them out, and applied them in your life. It does not happen because you're sweet, nice, smart, cute, or even sitting at home on the couch doing whatever you do, you know, or watching television. It happens because you make an effort to get the things of God operating in your life. If you don't get the things of God operating in your life, you will live like the rest of the world. And guys, you didn't come in here to learn how to live like the rest of the world. You already know how to live like the rest of the world. Somebody ought to give me a great big amen there. And so we find out the word of God. Let's take a look and I'll read to you out of Acts 13 chapter, starting verse number one. In verse number one, it says these words. It says, now in the church, and, and those are the two words, in church. Because we're going to learn about church today in a mighty and wonderful and marvelous way. It says this, now in the church, that is in Antioch. Remember the word Antioch was one of the first churches, was the first church. And the first place, and back in Acts 11 chapter, Pastor Dan taught us that it was the first place that Christians were ever called Christians in Antioch. Really fantastic and really a, a neat understanding. So he's describing Antioch. He says, we're certain prophets and teachers. So here at Antioch, there were these gifts of prophets and teachers. They came from Jerusalem. They're seeing what's going on in Antioch. They want to know what's taking place. But he does something interesting. He starts to name them. Now, can I just say this to you? At no time do you ever approach the Word of God and think that Jesus, or the Word of God, is are written because he ate pizza the night before and that's just what came out, you know? It's not that he burped something out. These are words that are specific, 
They're in there for a reason so that you can understand and take care of things. This is literally the hidden things and the mysteries. Sometimes you'll read this verse and you just blow through it thinking there's nothing there. But man, there is so much there that is mind-boggling. So he comes along, he says, now in the church of Antioch, where there are certain prophets and teachers, and the first one he comes across is Barnabas. And remember, we learned about Barnabas. Pastor Dan taught us. He was a exhorter. He was that guy that I liked to be around. He was that non-negative person. I'm, I'm personally allergic to negative people. Do you, are you? I mean, there's, there's people that always have the negative attitude, always worried about tomorrow, always see the glass half empty more than half filled. I, I, I don't even like being around them. I, I, it's just hard for me to exist. I like the guy that comes along as positive. How is it that we have Jesus Christ, we know what the end of the book says, we win, eastern sky is going to split, he's coming back for us, he is a king of kings, he is a lord of lords, and we live lives that are negative. We need more Barnabases in the church that are excited. Can I tell you something? I need to be around people. The church ought to be filled with the most positive people on the planet. And you know, when I, back in June, when I got, I didn't say this to any of the other, other services, I got COVID-19, so did Debbie. And we were in, in Oregon, and uh, we tested with COVID-19. And uh, finally, after a week of testing, you know, they, they put these things up your nose. I think it's a fire hose. I'm not sure what it is, but man, it felt like it. And uh, uh, it, it was a just horrible experience. And then they came back, you know, and they said, you're positive. I said, oh, good, man, great. I like positive. Positive is great. And, and, and COVID-19, the world's got everything backwards. Positive is bad. Negative is good. But in the church, positive ought to be good. And Barnabas is we need. We're going to hang around people who are positive. You know why? Because Jesus is in control. Somebody give me an amen. Come on. So you look at your bank account and you say, oh, man, it's miserable. God changed that in one minute. You look at your job and say, I don't know if it's going to last. Guess what? God just gets you a better one. You look at your kids, they've gone astray. Not for very long, God will slap them upside the head and get them right. Guess what, God's in control. Why should we be anything but positive? How in the world did I ever get this? Oh, Barnabas, teacher, a prophet of God, spoke the oracles of God. But then he comes along and he makes a statement about Simon. Notice it, it's not just something to get tell. Listen, can I tell you something? Sometimes we think if we know history, God like he's a historian. We'll go to heaven. Whoever knows most history about the Bible, he gets to come into heaven. It doesn't say that anywhere, my guys. It is not about who is a history major in the Bible. This is all written for a purpose, hidden mysteries. Remember this? See the name Simon up there? Watch this. This is so cool to take a look at. Simon, who was uh, called uh, Niger. And a lot of times people don't understand Simon who is called Niger. Here's, here's my point on this, and it's so good for us to see. I, I, it, that's the way they pronounce that word in the Greek. If I pronounce it like they do in America, someone will cut my throat on the way to the car. 
But I'm here to tell you something. That's what he, he was a black man from northern Africa, a leader in the church who was a prophet and a teacher. Now stop and think about this for a second. Do you remember someone on the path of Golgotha as Jesus is going to be crucified and he couldn't carry the cross and a man who was a man from northern Africa, guess who it was? It was Simon who picked up that cross and carried it for Jesus. He was a black man. Here's my point. What God is saying to us is the diversification is inside the church. And it's vitally important that we have diversification. In fact, if you think that's interesting, look at the next name. Next name comes along and says, Lucis of Cyrene. My goodness, Lucis of Cyrene, they write about him. You know what he is also? From Northern Africa. He was also what? Black. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. The church is not prejudiced. When, pe when people write me and say you're just an old white man and you don't understand, I'm here to tell you something, I don't understand anything. But I'm not an old white man, I'm a Christian. And that makes me different. And I'm not prejudiced about anybody. Black, brown, white, I don't care if you're green with polka dots. If you got Jesus on the inside of you, that's what this is gonna take. There's only one race, it's a human race. And we are church. We are the living God. We're the church of God. And for us to criticize or judge each other or, or be prejudiced towards each other is like you're just showing your stupidity towards God. And there's diversification inside the church. But the one that drove me nuts was this next one. Man. Who? And then he says this out of the blue. Like, who cares? Who had been brought up with Herod, the titular. <laughs> Mama, how do I say that? Never mind. She told me it 40 times how to say it, and I'd be practicing it. I, listen, I know, you know, I'm from San Bernardino. <laughs> so listen, so you know, it means governor. The guy, so who, who's Herod? It's the Herod, listen to this, that killed John the Baptist. And I said, why does he put that in the first verse? Like, who cares? And I just started to pass by, and Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I went, bang! Just stopped me right there in the tracks. He says, don't just read that. Find out. Here's what he was. And I found out he was a, he was a relative of Herod. Went to school with him. He was taught the same thing in the same family. And I said, God, what does that mean? He said, one made a choice for God, one made a choice for evil. One is in hell, one is in heaven. I'm telling you, listen to what I'm saying to you. You make a choice for God, or you go to hell forever and ever, or you make a choice for hell and serve hell all your days, and you're not going to make it. Here's this thing, a perfect example of two people in a family brought up, educated the same way. One becomes a master in the church, a teacher in the church, a prophet in the church. The others, my goodness, becomes a servant of the devil. What an amazing, all kinds of people in the church. And then he says, and he's, he says these words, Saul, Saul you know as, as Paul. The church goes on in verse number two. Let me read it to you. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted in the Holy Spirit. 
So here's the church. What does the church do? It ministers to the Lord. And it, listen to this, it fasts in the Holy Spirit. They're doing the things that are pleasing to God. When you do things and learn how to do things that are pleasing to God, you are now, oh, hold on, ministering to the Lord. And that's what God would have you to do, is that you will minister to the Lord. Now watch this, he says, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul. He says this to the people in the church. The church is now gonna do something. They're gonna separate two people, Paul and Barnabas, and they're gonna lay hands on them and send them out on their first missionary journey that is going to spread the gospel all over everything. And where did it come from? It came from the church. But let's go, if you will, in verse number three. Watch this. He says, and having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit didn't lay hands on them. The people laid hands. They were being instruments and used by God. Watch this, verse number four. Get this, get this. And being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So here these guys were launched out. So here's the church being something. Let me explain to you what this be, they're being. The church is not the idea of a man. The church is not some men gathering together, deciding to gather together. The church is the idea, the plan, the will, the purpose, listen to this, and the desire of God Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth. And a lot of people don't understand this. This is not a work of man. This is a work of God. This is not a work that someone decided to do. This is what God wanted done. The church is the plan of God and not a plan of man. And a lot of times people think of the church as something very unimportant when they ought to be thinking of the church as the will and the plan of God. If the will and plan of God can change your life, Listen to this. Is it not important to you to find out what the will and plan of God is? And the church is the desire and the passion of God. And it's in the church that he moves that changes people's lives, that launch people out. And a lot of times we miss this. Notice what the word of God says in Ephesians 1, verse number 22 and verse number 23. It says, and he put all things under his, notice that word his is capitalized. I should have capitalized that word, his there. His feet. So here's Jesus. All things are put under his feet. That's why it's capitalized, it's Jesus. And gave him another capital H. Listen, to be head over all things to the church. Jesus is the head, then who is the body? You and I. We're the instruments he uses to get the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ out to a lost and dying world. Not only that, we're the ones he uses in your family, in your business, on the streets, everything that you do, he uses you. And you learn how to do that inside the church. Look at verse 23 as an illustration. Verse 23 comes along, which is the body, the church he's talking about, in and up the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. My goodness sakes alive. You're 
you're not just a slob. You're not just a loser. You're not just somebody on the planet. My goodness, why do you think of yourself as unimportant? Why do you think of yourself as a nobody? Why do you think that your life has been born and nobody cares? Why do you judge yourself that way? Do you realize that you're the hands, the feet, the legs of Jesus Christ? You are the mouth of Jesus Christ. You are the one that carries on the shoulders the burden of the church. You are the ones that are responsible to keep the word of God flowing through the church as God ministers to his people through the church. Oh my goodness, the importance of the people that are the body of Christ. We overlook it all the time. And I'm here to tell you something, my friends, that not not to be. We are people called by God. We are his church, his people, his bride. I'd like to take you, if I may, to Romans. I'll give you some purpose to how this works because now you know who you are. You know who the church is. But let's get a little purpose behind why we do and why we need to respect and value this church. In Romans, the 12th chapter, I'll start in verse number one. Let's take a look at it together. Familiar verse for a lot of people, but may not understand it in this depth. So listen closely. Is that okay? Hey, here's why you should listen closely. Your eternal life is at stake. You're coming in the house of God. It isn't me speaking to you, the Holy Spirit speaking. Don't let your minds wander for a moment. Verse number one, he says, I beseech you. This is the nuttiest two words in the Bible. I ran across these words many years ago, and I just fell on my knees and started weeping because they're so crazy. You see, the Word of God is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Paul was the one who penned this, in my belief, but here's what I'm saying to you is that not only did Paul pen it, but it's the Holy Spirit that was behind him that had him pen it. And when Paul writes this, he says, I beseech you, a lot of people in the church don't understand what it means. It really means that God himself is begging you to do something. Oh my goodness, can you imagine you're sitting in your living room, the Holy Spirit shows up and says, I'm gonna beg you to do something. First thing you would say is, oh, please don't beg me. You just ask me, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll do whatever you say. But here's God writing this. It's so important that what he's about to write that we need to pay attention to it because he says, I beg you. And he comes along, he says, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Stop right there. What the heck is a presenting of my body as a living? I'm a Christian. What do you mean present my body? In other words, if I'm going to act the body of Christ, I have to act as if I'm going to have an importance in my life. What's important is not me. What's important is him, his will, his want, his desire. And when I find out what his will, desire, and want for my life and apply it to my life, remember we talked about the hidden mysteries of God, all of a sudden I get blessed. My children get blessed. Prosperity comes into my home. My business starts to turn around. I have great favor. People start coming after me in a great way. He says, and he expects us to do this. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. In other words, I'm alive, I have desires, I have wants. But not my wants, not my desires, God. Your plan, your will, your want. What is it you'd have me to do? Even though I don't want to do it, the living sacrifice here, I'm going to do it. 
And when that happens, it just makes all the difference in the world. Let me give you a little slight thing about this kind of, kind of different, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Have you ever been on the freeway? Let's say the 10 freeway, you're driving along, and those little cars go around you. They sound like they're, you know, whatever they're doing. And they're, and they're chasing each other. And you're right in the middle. Has anybody ever been there? I mean, I just hate that. I mean, I just hate that. I don't know what it is about little cars that make a lot of noise and try to go real fast around me. And I can just feel they're yelling, get out of the way, you old man. You know, and I can just feel it. And, I, and something rises up inside of me. And I just really want to start chasing them. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, I, I'm still working on some areas. Uh, I want to chase them onto the on-ramp, get out of the car, grab them from the door. I'm being honest with you. And I'd like to slap them upside their face and knock them out. That's what I feel. That's what I think. That's what I want to do. I'm going to punch their lights out, man. Now, I'm old. I'm in my mid-70s. I'd probably have to just slap them. I don't know why I can even make a fist anymore. But I'm here to tell you something. I feel that. But I don't. The living sacrifice says, God, these stupid young people in their hot rod little cars that just buzz me and put my life at danger, I ask you to bless them and protect them. I ask that the Holy Spirit reveal himself to them and change them. God, let them somehow know that you love them, God. What is that? I just operated in living sacrifice. What I sacrificed was my feelings for God's way. Are you getting this at all? So he comes along, he, he makes his statement. So he makes his statement, present yourself a living sacrifice. Holy, holy means I'm separated on to God. I don't belong to anybody else. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Let me tell you something. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a pedestrian. I'm a Christian. Somebody get that, okay? And then he comes along and he says this, acceptable to God. In other words, what I'm doing is going to be acceptable to God because it's his will, his way, his want. And then he says, which, and these are the stupidest words I ever read, which is your reasonable service? No, I thought that was really super. I thought that's really special. I didn't get patted on the back by God for doing that. I didn't get out of the car and knock those guys out or have them knock me out. Either I didn't do that. No, I'm special. I did what God would have me do. He, no, God says, that's what you should be doing. It's your reasonable servant. Reasonable. Man, the guy that went to the cross for you, died for you, this is what you ought to act like. So I'm learning how to deal with this living sacrifice word. Verse number two comes along. He said, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the world wants to conform me all the time. They want to tell me how to do life, how to be, how to think, how to feel, what's real, what isn't real. I mean, come on, so much fake news out there. You don't know what to believe anymore. And here we find ourselves uh, that we're not to be conformed to this world. The world wants to conform me, but to be transformed. Transformed means I'm changing into something. To be transformed by the renewing of my mind. The renewing of my mind now gets me, instead of jumping out of the car, beating those guys up, to praying as a living sacrifice for them and asking God to bless them. Are you getting the picture of this? 
See, the renewing of my mind says, I'll do what God wants me to do, not what I feel or what someone told me to do. I won't be conformed to what everybody else is going to do because that's what they do. I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Can I ask you a question? Where does the renewing of your mind come from? It comes for most people in church. You can read the Bible yourself, yes. Sometimes you need to take time and of course every day read the Bible, read the scriptures, do a little study yourself, but nothing like when you get into church and have it explained. Because in the church, what did you find out was in the church? Prophets and teachers, right off the bat. Those that speak the oracles of God and those that make it simple for you to understand. And that's what he's talking. He says, don't be conformed. But he says, and that you may prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. Wait a minute, isn't that what we've been talking about? The church is the perfect, acceptable will of God. It's the want, it's the desire, it's the very passion of God. Church is not man-made. Church is God-made. We're just involved in it, getting the job done. We're his hands, we're his mouth, we're his shoulders, we're his arms, we're his legs. We're taking the gospel somewhere because of, and how do we learn how to do this? this? This sacrificial living that he's talking about? Because we learn how to prove that which is acceptable and perfect, what? Will of God. Not my passion, but God's passion. Somebody ought to give me a great big amen in that. Verse number three comes along and he just makes a very statement that everybody's gotten the same measure of faith. God gave us, Billy Graham didn't get any more faith than I got. He just used it and I didn't. So I'm gonna tell you a little story about using things. Uh, the other day I'm going to Starbucks and I'm by myself in the car. There's about seven or eight cars. It's a drive-through at Starbucks. And uh, the guy at the little counter, you can't go in them anymore. This is just drive through So I pulled up the window, and they said, hey, what can we do to help you? And I said, I want a um, uh, skinny latte, and I want a, a grande skinny latte and put some nonfat um, vanilla. Have you got the nonfat vanilla? You know, the, the no sugar? He said, oh, yeah, we got that. I said, okay, great, I'll do that. So I'm waiting in line, and while I'm waiting in line, as the cars are pulling up, going to the window, I get my wallet out to pay for it. And as I get my wallet out, I start to get cash out, and I realize, you know, I wonder if I have any Starbucks coffee cards, because people somehow like to just send me Starbucks coffee cups, cards things, you know? So I, I go through and I got six or seven of them in, in my wallet. I pull them all out and I hand them to the lady. She looks at them, she says, what's this? I said, I don't know how much other, maybe 50 cents, knowing my church. And uh, so they're about 50, 50 cents each or something. <laughs> it's okay, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? So, so, so probably 50 cents each. Can maybe put them all together and make my drink? She says, okay. So she goes through the whole thing, you know, and it's like 70 bucks, 65, 70 bucks. I can't remember exactly what it was. 65, 70 bucks. Oh, my goodness. Can you take that drink? I said, sure, I can. And why don't I diversify? Uh, why don't I just put all of this in one card? Which card do you want? I said, the one that says Jesus on it real big. And she said, oh, okay, cool. So she put it all in one. I got one card in my wallet right now. Here's my point. You can be given something and never use it. Never operate in it. Never have the benefit of it. You all have gifts that people have given you and you said, oh, threw it in the trash or threw it aside or didn't think it. Never had the benefit of it. I had all the Starbucks cards in my wallet for probably a year and a half. Never used it. 
Never took the benefit. And here God comes along and he makes a statement. Can you put that last verse back up? And he says these words, he says this. He says, he says in verse number three, now, there's another verse. What verse, what verse did you guys leave me on? That one there? Yeah, forget it. He's got all these gifts inside the church. I don't know where they're at, so they don't know where I'm at. So it's okay. Do you know where I'm at? And uh, so they have all these gifts inside the church, and it's just so amazing, these teachers and prophets and people that are going to help you walk forward and get the job done and learn who you are and be a blessing. And oftentimes, we don't take advantage of it. We just come to church. The word of God that's full of life is preached. We walk out. We never think about it again. We wonder, well, I just got it through osmosis. And you wonder why life doesn't change. It's the one that finds it, listen to this, and uses it and applies it in his life, the hidden mysteries of God that become prosperous in every area of their life. Is anybody listening? And it happens inside of church. So the diversity of the church is very important. How is it going to happen? Really important. How does God set this up? Can I just say something to you? You never had a job in your life that you went to work for and someone didn't train you. Even if you knew what you were doing, they had ways of doing things that will train you on how to do it. And God has a system of training you. And they're called gifts that are applied in your life. Go with me, if you will, to Ephesians in the fourth chapter. We're very familiar with verse people have been around long. But sometimes we don't realize how important they really are. Verse number 11, it says these things. And that God gives some. And the word gives is another word is the gifts. There's gifts that God gives. He gives you gifts to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. To live that living sacrifice. And it happens inside the church. He says, and he himself gives some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. My goodness, all of a sudden we see these gifts. And for most of us, they're like the Starbucks coffee cards in our wallet that we forgot were there. And we need to remember that until we take them out, and start using them and rely on them will never become anything. Never do what God has us do. Because the next verse tells you why he gave you the gift. I know why Starbucks was given to me so I could go get a Starbucks drink. I know the purpose of it. But do you know the purpose of these? Here's the reason. Watch this. Because we started off inside the church at Antioch. There were teachers and prophets and it went through all the whole thing. Why? Because God wants to develop you. Verse number 12. Listen to what it says. It says, for the equipping of the saints. Oh my goodness. God doesn't leave you out there and just says, hey, do whatever you want to do. You know, just be who you are. Now that you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord, well, that's all that's important. I'm here to tell you something. It's not all that's important. You're going to have to develop a new treasure in your heart, and that's to do the will of the Father who is in heaven. And the only way to do that is you're going to have to take the gifts he gives you to equip you to live this life that God's calling you to of living sacrifice. It's so important for us. See, anybody besides one person got it back there? Man, you ought to go ahead and give the Lord a great big praise. Quipping of the saints. What for? For the work of the ministry. Ministry, half the time, if you'll remember, was ministering to the Lord. That was in prayer. That was in fasting. It isn't just going out to northern India. You can maybe call to do that and praise God if you are. 
But you know, sometimes it's just ministry unto the Lord or ministry unto your neighbor or ministry unto not jumping out of the car and beating the snot out of those two 18-year-olds that just went around you. My goodness sakes alive, that's called ministry. And you stopped and you prayed for them. That's called living sacrifice. And he says, until you're equipped, how you get equipped? Through the gifts that God gives that are in a church. Come on, somebody. And there needs to be a value on that. Very important for us to see. God wants to take you to a place of maturity. Maturity is when you know what to do. Maturity is not, listen to this, how many years you've been in church. Maturity is how you take the word of God and apply it every day in your life. That's what, a fee, uh, that's what uh, Hebrews 5 and verse number 14 says. When you apply the word of God in your life, you are now a mature Christian. Church is vitally important. It's healthy and it's valuable. And we need to treat it with great respect and come into the house of God expecting God to build us to be what he wants us to be. If God spoke to you today, come on, give the Lord a great big praise. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.